0: the people in life are countless, so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests, side and sidequests, and and Episode one hundred and seventeen, Orgid Dragrax, the Dragonborn Fairy Hunter. Welcome to Sidekicks and Side Quests, the Dungeons and Dragons podcast that helps to put humans back into humanity and breathe life into your campaign NPCs with backstory and bravado. That's right, we're building a world, one character at a time. I am your host, Kurt Krenwogi, the Bardic Paladin, and I'll be joining Jacob Prince's table in the Levitating Platter. <laughs> And hello, welcome to another exciting episode of Sidekicks and Sidequests, still the best unofficial Dungeons & Dragons podcast in my humbly biased opinion. Uh, I've got an awesome guest for you this week, uh, but before I get to my guest, you know I have to do the ad read for the first sponsor of Plus One EXP and their brand new subscription service called Zine Club. Of course, if you haven't heard about this new social media things sweeping the sphere uh getting a name drop on tabletop news i did see on twitter x and stuff like that but this is the new brainchild project developed by tony Vicinda and team over at plus one exp the whole goal of this whole subscription program is to help get games into the hands of people sooner quicker faster without having to worry about oh do i have to do a kick? starter for this do i need to crowdsource this do i need to fundraise that no those days are done because now we've got the coolness with rpg zine club Um, they've got adventure mode story mode or you can do a combination of both you can change the frequency of how often you'd like to get the books super dylan just had a a couple of their games come out it's going to be always something new coming out the conversations that are going on discord are going to help continue the momentum of that and it's just really cool to be able to like you have an indie idea for a ttrpg or something like that or maybe not even a like a tactical game or whatever but you come up with a game and you're like man this would be a great game if only i could get people to play it well now with rpg zine club and the work that plus one exp is doing you're going to do just that so uh, if you want more details on that, I believe the direct website for that is RPGClub.zine, I believe is what it is. Uh, but ultimately, you can find that by going to PlusOneExp.com. Of course, that's the site where you're going to be able to get beard balms, lip balms, and beard RPGs, and all sorts of other cool stuff. And uh, when you're looking for a discount code to enter into the box, make sure you type in Randolph, like in Episode 2, and uh, you'll get some savings on your purchase at no extra cost to you so again be sure to check out rpg zine club and give a follow you know over on the socials for twitter facebook instagram twitch youtube all those places make sure you're following tony Vicinda. make sure you're following plus1exp.com everywhere so thank you again i've got a wonderful returning guest this week for you so uh for everyone who's new to the podcast who maybe doesn't remember they haven't quite made their way through the back catalog, would you care to introduce yourself? Tell us who it is that you are and what is it that you do? Hi, my name is Jacob
1: Prince. And, uh, you know, the shortest way to answer what I do is I am inventory control for AT&T.
0: Hmm. OK, before and if I remember last time, weren't you working on like re- just repairing phones and stuff like that?
1: Yes. Yep. Same company, same company. Uh, but I've gone back to my my warehouse roots and now I'm I'm back into inventory control.
0: Ah. Uh, okay, so what's that life like? Solitary or is it like getting to play with robots and boxes and stuff? <laughs> no, no, it's a much
1: smaller scale operation. It's a lot more personal this time. I've only got a team of four, including myself. Mm. It's the four of us. It is pretty solitary, but phones are going out we have people coming in to pick them up three times a day so like we're not always alone it's just in those interim hours that uh all four of us kind of lose our sanity a little bit for a couple hours a day every day
0: (laughs) (laughs) and you also have had a bit of a rebranding as far as uh like your youtube and stuff like that are you able to tell us more about your new venture that you're doing
1: uh, I mean, I guess I can. I wasn't going to plan on plugging that. That feels weird. But I have recently started VTubing uh, mm. my new alter ego. So for the last 20 years online, I've been known as Galapagos. And then I thought of a very funny username. And I I like most names I come up with to have meanings behind them. So my new alter ego is Beauregard Fades, the Salary Man on Demand, mm. and yeah, yeah. So uh, did you do you
0: know there? There's a little joke in the name there. Did you catch on to it? I I can't say that I did. I mean, I'm a dad now, so I got dad jokes for days. But that's one that even slipped by me.
1: Well, this is a bit of an inappropriate dad joke. That's maybe why you missed it. So uh, okay. Kurt, tell me, tell me, what is uh, Beauregard? What do you shorten that down to? Beau. Perfect. And what's the last name? Fades. Okay. Bofades. Ah, okay. (laughs) (laughs) It goes over almost everybody's name, and that's exactly what I was going for. But yeah, so I've always, you know, kind of done... Content creation as a hobby for like the last 10 years. And this year I just decided to take it more seriously. So I rebranded a YouTube account that, you know, uploaded once or twice a year for the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And I've been streaming four days a week, re- uh, releasing videos when I have time to. And it's been a lot of fun. Content mm-hmm. creation is exhausting, which I'm sure you have learned the hard way.
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, even doing a podcast, just a one man band podcast can be very exhausting for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's very draining. Yeah, it's fun, though. I find it very rewarding, especially since I do more of the live streaming thing. Interacting with people in real time while doing something else is a lot of fun.
0: Now, maybe you can, I don't know if dispel rumors or put the stigma off of it, I guess is because I don't know. I hear VTuber and maybe it's because of the animations or the type of avatars uh, that people choose. Some of them look pretty promiscuous and, and scantily and all that sort of stuff. Sure. So is that all what the V community is about? Or is it just the idea of like, Oh, I'm not comfortable with showing my personal uh, appearance online. So I'll just make like a cartoonish avatar or stand in So it's still my voice and it's still me as a person or me as a character if you will and then that's the only difference it's just i'm not putting a webcam directly on my face it's maybe mapping stuff on so it's like imitating the movements but it's not actually me on camera
1: yeah you actually nailed a lot of components of vtubing they're like spot on a lot of people do it for the anonymity and i mean you know some of them are promiscuous sex cells uh <laughs> like that's mm-hmm. yeah And like there are Twitch categories that are with real streamers that are already riding the line of like what is legal and allowed on sites with minors on it. Yeah, terms
0: of service and all that stuff. Yeah, Exactly,
1: exactly, exactly. So like, I mean, yeah, I feel like a lot of VTubers get a bad rap on them specifically uh, because there are literal cartoonized versions of what's going on. So it's like a caricature of real life. And mm-hmm. I personally don't do it for the anonymity or anything like that. I literally do it because I'm too lazy to build a set. Like, as mm. you can see behind me, that's that's my bed. That's just a shelf I've had up for the last three and a half years. Like, I, and I don't want people telling me I look tired. So that's mm-hmm. why I decided to go that route. It's just easier. <laughs> <laughs>
0: okay yeah okay good Oh, good Good. so you are not promiscuous on your youtube channel the stream that i right. tuned into i was doing the dishes and you were playing uh, a dragon ball z game which you were getting deep into the lore and explaining and i was like back in my day on saturday morning cartoons it was the uh he had the the monkey tail and then he would turn into the giant uh kaiju uh, uh king kong and then they were hunting yeah. for Dragon Balls and fighting Frieza, and that's the last of Dragon Ball Z that I remember.
1: Don't get me started on Dragon Ball. I could talk about that for hours. Like that's <laughs> <laughs> I I have made Dragon Ball like a third of my personality by this point in my life. So like uh yeah, that's where that was all coming from. But just for your sanity and and your listeners' sanity, yeah, let's not.
0: <laughs> okay what i will say but that was interesting about the stream because i think you were you were explaining that you were doing like a, a like a battle mode or something like that because you were trying to level up your characters and then you were like all right let's finally go now into the real story of the game and you were like oh this yeah. is so cool this is taking you all the way back to like original dragon ball and working through the timeline of the game and so then when you did these fights, you were like, literally, you just tapped like one button and then you knocked out the opponent because you're like, oh, I am so overpowered. This is ridiculously cartoonish.
1: <laughs> yeah, I bought DLC that lets you just power level because its a, it looked like a fighting game, but it's just an RPG. Like mm. that was a glorified action RPG where big number is better. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, you saw me grinding. I think I did like three hours of grinding. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah because i was so overleveled at that point i like comedically one tapped everything i remember laughing very hard at how trivializing that was so
0: you do stuff like that uh with your v tubing is yeah. you're playing games and stuff like that and interacting with the uh, yeah. with your community
1: yep yep for sure and um i actually have a couple of things in the pipeline that so dragon ball was just that game that day but i do let's plays on all sorts of stuff, and I'm going to be releasing some long-form and short-form content. Baldur's Gate
0: 3, getting on the D&D.
1: Actually, yes, I'm glad you brought that up because that's where my character today is from. But...
0: <laughs> Ooh, okay, nice. Synergy. Brand yeah, synergy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so you're playing games like Dragon Ball. Um, oh, yeah. You may be bringing a character in uh, from another upcoming game that you're going to be playing, maybe. Mm, stay tuned. Oh, we'll find out. I actually started Baldur's Gate.
1: I have done some streams on it already.
0: Oh, okay. But, um, so
1: I'm I'm very numbers driven, and I've noticed that single player Baldur's Gate doesn't perform very well, so I'm waiting for friends. So mm. I can play that. Multiplayer performs incredibly. Single player, not so much. Because it's just one guy, like, quick save, quick load, quick save, quick load. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay because i think i watched one last night and i believe it's joe cat who's pretty big kind mm-hmm. of like the animation D scene and also you know dming advice and stuff like that and I, uh, he yeah. had a live stream that he was doing and so it was his cartoon version of himself in the one corner while he's going through the the solo campaign and it was like the first yeah. act or whatever he did but i know there's the viral videos going around of like i guess the four gnomes the gnome barbarians that put all the dynamite in the one place and then they just yeah they hit one thing and it like blew up the entire place or whatever
1: yeah that's actually a recreation of a divinity original sin video for also by oh really friend. yeah oh yeah. somebody okay. somebody I think did a speed run only exploding barrels for the entire game
0: <laughs> there you go doing oh, fun fact in
1: Baldur's Gate.
0: yeah <laughs> very cool to keep the good times rolling here on this show obviously keen listeners will know the answer to this already but do you currently or have you ever played D&D before we both got our start at the same time we sure did and man i, I maybe it's my rose tinted goggles
1: but i feel like people talk a lot of crap on fourth edition yeah like yes it had problems
0: Yeah, it did. It did. True. But I know in in listening to the streams that uh, MCDM Productions, Matt Colville did with Dusk. That's an entire 4E campaign that they did that was amazing to listen to and get nostalgia for. But also even in the development of uh, the new monster book that MCDM Productions put out, Flea Mortals has very much 4E mechanics as far as all the monsters and stuff are concerned. And even the Ooh. new lair book that goes with it, um, Where Evil Lies. Uh, very excited to have those now in my collection, just waiting on the hardcover book version of uh, Where Evil Lies to arrive. But yeah, no. So I think there is slowly a, uh, a rekindling of 4E mechanics now that we're in this life cycle stage of 5E and they're, they're doing the play testing for the... I don't know, next version, whether that's six, whether it's people jokingly calling it 5.5 or something else. I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up being
1: 5.5. I bet they're not. Five is such a solid foundation. I don't see
0: them. It is. Yeah, I'm heavily invested in five now. I sold all my four books just because that was a necessity to do. Part of me is like, man, maybe I wish I had sold them. Yeah no half know, price man. books yeah no half price books actually did pay me quite oh. a bit for those so that was that was nice so they were they were okay. worth it so but yeah yeah no I I'm solidly invested in five now at this point and especially with all the third party content that's out there it's just like there's yeah it's like it's gonna make it hard for me to want to move to another system I I agree that's just my personal yeah. opinion.
1: And like, so last time I was on here, I brought a Pathfinder character and like the only reason I was even playing Pathfinder is it wasn't my books. <laughs> like mm. I just made the character and played in
0: the campaign. I- I'm the same way. I'm way too invested in 5e at this point. And have you had a chance to play any uh, games? Cause I think at one point during the pandemic, we did try and do like a Pathfinder 2e game. That was like one session. Yeah. It was really cool, but like, it kind of fizzled out after that point no
1: i i mean i think i played one other so nothing long term nothing like what we, we did in college man yes so i played a game i cannot remember it uh also during the pandemic all we had was like a single D6, no character sheets. It was basically all role play. And we just like it's like a problem solving tabletop RPG almost.
0: Hmm. Interesting.
1: Yeah. I man, I cannot remember it. That was neat. There wasn't enough there for me, though. Like hmm. I have come to realize I actually really value the playmat a lot and like minis and even just the little pop-outs that we had back in the day. I still use those from time to time. I find them
0: very helpful
1: when you don't have a mini for something you want to use.
0: Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah, the the little die cuts that we had back in 4E were super valuable. I think you used like some, again, nerding out a little bit, if I recall, (laughs) because there wasn't like a polar bear one, but you played a dragonborn ranger, and you had an animal companion, a polar bear, that you had named Bob. And yes. we had to use like a were, like a white werewolf token or something like that. And that represented Bob the bear.
1: Yeah, I think it, it was either I think it was a dire wolf. It was very fierce looking. fierce yeah. white wolf.
0: Token. But it was only yeah. like one token, one square big. It wasn't like a like right. a two. Yeah, one. it was a medium. I remember he was a sure. medium sized bear. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Good times.
1: Those were good. T- That's <laughs> crazy
0: to think that was over 10 years ago. I know. Yeah. Well, at the time of our recording, we're literally coming up on our 13th anniversary of playing our very first 4E game back in my old apartment way back when.
1: Wow. 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 Wow.
0: We're old. (laughs) Oh, my God. Are we ever? (laughs) But other than that, you've just been kind of chilling in this uh, adjacent sort of RPG realm and now with Baldur's Gate 3 I guess that's been your substitutionary sort of uh, Dungeons and Dragons experience that you're having nowadays
1: yes I was super burnt out on DMing I I ran a group I think we stopped before the pandemic but from like 2016 to the end of 2019 I ran a really long 5th edition campaign and mm. I was just, I was toast by the end of that. I had nothing left in the tank. Mm. And I, I stepped away from DMing and tabletops for a couple of years. And then Baldur's Gate just was like, hey, you know all of this. You're going to have a blast. Mm. <laughs> and yeah, so that's pretty much, I haven't touched anything D&D related for basically three years. And then Larian was like, hey. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Well, there you go. Way to, way to get back in the saddle, then. No, no finer way, I suppose. Yeah, as we're keeping on with the theme of the show, of course, you know, we like to examine the questions of who happens to be a favorite NPC, a favorite sidekick character, whether they be from video game, movie, film, television, etc., and uh, why is this other sidekick character this other npc stuck with you doesn't necessarily have to be the same answer you gave last time but maybe there's a new one that you've come across in the interim. Do you remember who I gave last time cuz I don't? <laughs> you were telling me about Tattle from Legend of Zelda Majora's Mask. Ah, okay. Well,
1: uh this time I actually have an npc that has been living rent-free in my head for the last couple of years if you have a lot of final fantasy 14 fans, they're going to know immediately who this is. They're either going to groan or cheer. I absolutely love Hildebrand Manderville. He is Mm. one of the funniest characters in basically fiction now. Okay. So imagine Sherlock Holmes, right? But like with an IQ of 30, Oh boy. He still solves the case. And he cannot be killed. That's basically Hildebrand. (laughs)
0: Mm. So not especially book smart, but he still does manage to catch his man. Just like the Mounties. We always get a man.
1: (laughs) Now, if he lucked into it, you know, uh, you don't really question it because he still got the guy. (laughs) But that's, that's a long running quest line that's been going on for the last 10 years in final fantasy 14. And, I do it the second it comes out every patch. I I love it. I can't get enough of it. It's just classic Japanese slapstick. They recently made him required for a super powerful weapon that upgrades over time. And a lot of people... I love it! More more spotlight on the Mandervilles? I'm all for it. But there are Mm -hmm. some people that just lose their mind in the opposite way. (laughs) And (laughs) i just i laugh at them suffering because i'm having a great time i'm laughing at the game i'm laughing at them it's just it's it's a great time it's a great time
0: (laughs) to go along with that as well since the last time we spoke what's been a new or interesting side quest that you've come across or b plot element and why is this stuck with you okay so i've played through act one in Baldur's gate three times now at
1: this point right okay my very first time uh, the answer is auntie ethel by the way i missed her entirely in the village i just never clicked on her missed her. so i've had two very different experiences with her the first time i ran into her i immediately sided with the brothers because i didn't know who this lady was never met her and then the second time i did act one i went out of my way to find her because I was talking to one of my friends they were like yo there's all this lore like you miss so much and just the way that she talks her being a D hag that early in the game is fascinating to me and the way that she like carries herself in her human form like mm-hmm. keeping up that facade is very interesting
0: Yes, I think I had seen someone's playthrough, and so I was like, "Oh, I think I know who you're talking about." I haven't played it. I have a, I am but a lowly Xbox player, and uh, so the game is not available on Xbox oh, yet. So I'm just oh, like,
1: no. oh, just, "Just wait." So you know how powerful hags are in D and D, right?
0: Oh yes, yeah, yeah. The yes. the bigger they are, the scarier they are, the more powerful. And if you get groups of them together, they're even more powerful. Game yeah. over. Yeah.
1: Yeah, so I just think it's super interesting that at basically the beginning of the game, you're t- you can find her as early as level four, like five hours into the game. There's like five or six different endings to her quest. I save scum to see them all.
0: And <laughs>
1: it's yeah, oh man. It's fascinating. Fascinating character. I don't want to spoil too much of it. I feel like I've already spoiled a lot, but <laughs> It's at the very beginning of the game. So, you know, act one, come on. It's been out for a couple months now.
0: (laughs) If you have the
1: ability to play it, you should have.
0: Yep. Unless you're like me and you're an Xbox player and you're just waiting for for everyone else to remember us. But, oh, well. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And then uh, the way we'll end the personal interview section, uh, what is a new passion in your life and why are you passionate about it? I think we talked about it a little bit already.
1: Definitely my content creation side now. Like I said earlier, I've, I did it as a hobby for 10 years, and now I'm just, I don't know what lit the fire under me, but like it's consumed a huge chunk of my free time. It feels like a hard balancing act now with how, <laughs> how, much, how much time I'm putting into it. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I really like content creation quite a lot.
0: So the joy of making things and doing things, yeah, you're entertaining people as well. But first and foremost, you should be doing it for you and not stressing. And certainly I would, you know, want to take your mental health into an account. And uh, if you start getting burned out on this, then, you know, feel free to take a step back and, you know, reevaluate and be like, maybe I need to take it easy or something like that. I know my dear wife, Casey, has to remind me of like, hey, if the podcast is getting too much, you know you you're allowed to take breaks you don't have to do this forever and ever and ever and ever
1: yeah yeah exactly exactly and it's not like i'm a full-time content creator so i don't have to worry about constantly being on that grind i'm doing it as a hobby sure so like yeah hobbyist hobbyist yeah exactly if i start feeling that burnout hey i can step back fine by me
0: all right well it's been great catching up with uh jacob here in down memory lane uh that Now it's time we head into a segment that I like to call NPC creation. And NPC creation is of course brought to you by you, the podcast audience and our patrons from Patreon. So now is the time in the show where we give a shout out to our comfortable patrons and above with a loud hurrah. So to you, our queen of the Patreon, Katie Downey, AKA Goblin Katie, as well as our wealthy patrons, which include Anson Jablinski and Nicholas Carterelli and my mom and dad, we say cheers. So all these fine folks are awesome and they get to introduce an element of chance to our random tables which we sometimes use here in npc creation we might get to hear those responses here today i don't know we'll see um but if you want to learn more about our awesome community you know you love this podcast and you want to you know do your part to chip in then you should consider joining the patreon if that's something that you can do and you want to do so uh go to the show notes below go to my podcast website or just go directly to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and sidequests to learn more about our accommodations at the levitating platter and help us expand our operations in this Demi plane and worlds beyond. All right. So we were discussing and figuring out before we started hitting all the record buttons and such. uh, You had another character that you wanted to bring to us. So maybe not necessarily another uh, Pathfinder character of yours, but this is like a, a true blue Dungeons and Dragons character that we're dealing with today. Correct?
1: Well, mostly, you know, I haven't put him on paper. He's a video game character after all. So Mm. I don't know how different some of the feats would play out in real life. Because I actually he's a sorcerer. Just so you know, I haven't played a sorcerer pen and
0: paper before personally. Mm. So, okay, Yeah, very cool. All right. Yeah. So are we doing like a combination where it's like we have some goal posts or guide posts that we're working with and then some other things can be randomized or you're just like we're just going to work our way through the questions and whatever moves me is how I'm going to answer kind of a thing.
1: More or less the latter. I like his backstory quite a bit. That's his backstory in class are the only thing I'm dead set on. Uh, even his mm. name is malleable, but I'm going to throw out what his name currently is. OK, so yeah, once we get to that.
0: Okay, well, then I will have all of the random tables available. So just in case you're like, we need a little more spice, then you could just be like, all right, I'll roll a dice and we'll figure out what we get instead. So we'll work our way through the questions and we'll begin with the name first. So what is the name of uh, the character we have today? Now, we could go with random, but
1: I currently have him named as Joey Wheeler. That will make sense later. I promise that is a Yu-Gi-Oh reference.
0: (laughs) for some reason i was getting a captain planet reference joey wheeler i think wheeler's the name of the fire ring kid yes the american kid yes because i remember the russian would be like wheeler you know she said it in a very (laughs) slavic accent yeah that's right that oh my
1: god (laughs) i totally forgot about wow that you just
0: unlocked a childhood memory right there (laughs) (laughs) that's the public service that i provide for the internet at large so joey wheeler is what you're working with right now
1: at the moment but if you want to play the character more serious and not have a joke name you could absolutely just go with any old lore friendly dragonborn name i am not that attached to the name i it's just an indication of how joey wheeler looks and now his backstory plays out. Let's pencil in Joey Wheeler and if by the end I want to roll for it, let's roll for it.
0: Okay, deal. Okay, so then the next thing is uh what is the ancestry of the character? I think you just dropped it uh now, but is that what we're sticking with as well? Did I say that he's a dragonborn? D- you did, yes.
1: Dang it. Yes. A black dragonborn specifically.
0: Oh okay. Because in our 4E game, uh Pegasus was a Blue dragonborn, right? I think he was a green. I think he was green because he had the acid breath weapon,
1: which is ah. no longer acid in fifth edition. Green green is something else now. I think poison. Yes, yes. So, <laughs> funnily enough, black dragonborns get the acid breath weapons. So,
0: yes, there we I'm, go.
1: Back to my roots, inadvertently. Back to your roots. I, uh, <laughs> I chose black dragonborn just for the appearance. And then I was like, "Oh, that's nostalgic." Mm-hmm. I get my acid weapon
0: back. <laughs> a black dragonborn, currently mm-hmm. with the name Joey Wheeler. Okay, okay. Yep. Uh, what is the job or role in society for this character? I know in the in the game he's presented as a sorcerer. So if we are going to place Joey Wheeler in our game, in the background NPC, we see a black dragonborn. Is he going to be a sorcerer just wandering the world, or is he going to be? something else and you want to roll a d10 and figure out what he could be doing let's figure
1: out what he's doing because as an npc that makes a lot more sense if it's going to be a player character just you know generic adventurer but Mm -hmm. npc specifically let's roll but i do want him to still be a sorcerer i just don't have a job plan for
0: him Sure, yeah, he could still be a sorcerer, but like his, you know, he's still doing his normal thing that he's doing, but then just realizes like, oh, I just happen to have sorcerer powers. Yeah. Uh, so then that would be a roll of a D10. Okay, I am rolling a D10 right now on Google, and I got a two. Two. Okay, interesting. Your answer was provided by my dear sweet mother, Patreon supporter, Pamela Crenwalge, Fairy Hunter. okay i'm down for that that sounds great i feel like that's appropriate for a
1: sorcerer too
0: yeah yeah hunting fairies uh trying to get magical i don't know spell components or just like trying to hunt for more magic i guess maybe
1: oh i should mention his sorcerer source is a draconic Mm -hmm. lineage so uh at some point in the past so you know the dragonborn lore right like they were subjugated in the outer realms by dragons that's why they're draconic like they're from the draconic dimension or something like that and like mm. they were slaves to dragons and you know the slave and master thing happens and that's where he gets his inherent magic from
0: mm. his okay.
1: draconic ancestor is red so
0: he's got red accents all over him Ooh, black and red scaling and stuff
1: yes exactly like so he's mostly black scaling piercing red eyes And then red accents all over his body because he's the red eyes black dragon,
0: hence the name Joey Wheeler. And so then the next thing, uh, how old is Joey Wheeler? Roll for it. Okay, uh, that would be a D8. Okay, a D8 comes out to a six. Elder. Ah, unfortunate. So this is Joey Wheeler sometime down the line. OK, OK, sounds good. As you were uh, starting to allude to it now is the question of describe the physical appearance. So keep it in mind ah. that now we know that Joey Wheeler is a black dragon born that is a sorcerer with a red dragon heritage. You know, there's some of that in it is a fairy hunter and is an elder. Go. So.
1: If he's an elder, that means he's probably got chipped horns, right? Like, he's seen mm. some battles. He's fighting the Fey constantly. Like, he's going to run into something that could probably chip one of his horns. Basically, my concept for this character is make him as close to the card red eyes black dragon as you want. <laughs> mm. But just keep these red accents. You know, in his older years, they're probably fading a little bit instead of being, like, pulsating red or something. Maybe they're more rust color accents. Mm. and he's a sorcerer. So he even though, he, you know, dragonborn are six and a half feet tall or whatever, he wouldn't be the stockiest one. He's he's more focused on his magic. He'll be more slimmed down compared to other dragonborns and dragonborns aren't supposed to have a tail, but he's got the draconic heritage. So he has one.
0: Oh, interesting. Yeah. And I think with fizzbins and stuff like that, they came out with a similar dragon bipedal but they have tails or something like that, hmm. and I know Critical Role. Yeah, they had a lore as far as like uh, different dragonborns with or without tails too. So, so yeah, I, okay. I, I guess it's long since been d- debated in the hobby of like, do dragonborns actually have tails or don't? So, uh, lots of people have uh, have definitely wrestled with that question. It seems
1: I'm camp no tail personally, but I think with a draconic heritage like this, it's not a stretch to say. He could have a tail.
0: So now with the question of I know, as you get higher levels in sorcerer uh, with the draconic ancestry, you actually start. I mean, maybe it starts off with like additional scaling if you're like a different ancestry and you don't normally have scales and suddenly you start having scales. But I think they even have things of like tails, like you were saying, but then like wings. So does he have like wings or anything like that, too? Is he that high of a level sorcerer or not?
1: I mean, we could roll for that. I don't know. Uh, I mean, so like if you want the the running gag of him being red eyes, black dragon to carry through wings would be appropriate. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. It, it <laughs> As an elder sorcerer, he probably would have wings, but he'd probably find a way to like polymorph them or hide them or something. Most of the time, unless he's trying to oh. intimidate somebody, which is, you know, He's a sorcerer. He's a dragonborn. They're very good at intimidating
0: people. So at the very least, he could fake having wings. Is there a reason why he wants to hide his wings all the time? If that's the case, are they just like under his cloak and stuff like that? Yeah. Yeah. Just so he's doesn't stick out in a crowd. Like
1: people could mistake him for a monster at that point.
0: We're getting this better physical picture of his description and stuff like that. But we always think it narrows it down well if you can pick three adjectives so what three adjectives best describe this character
1: gaunt tall imposing interesting
0: okay yes so he may be thin but he's still scary all right so now we're continuing on with the questions back to some possible dice rolling but what is a valuable item a piece of lore a secret or a or an ideal or concept that Joey Wheeler ascribes to. Is this something you want to roll for? Or do you have an idea of, uh, you know, some of these intangibles or sometimes material things that would be important uh, to Joey Wheeler as a character? Let's roll. Okay. So then this is the combo of the D four and then the D six, D four
1: and D six
0: and roll a two and a four, two and a four. Okay. So two is a piece of lore. And then four, ah, your answer was provided by our Patreon supporter, Anson Jablinski. Joey Wheeler knows where to get the best hamburger in town. Hell yeah. (laughs) That's awesome. Why is this so important for Joey Wheeler to have this deep lore to know where the best hamburger is in town? Well,
1: after a long and stressful hunt, possibly going to like just dealing with fey magic for an extended period of time. When he gets back to the city, he just needs a good burger to decompress. He'd lose his mind if he couldn't just have this greasy mess in his hands.
0: It just helps (laughs) him relax at the end of a long hunt. (laughs) I was getting like wimpy vibes from Popeye. It's like, Oh, I gladly pay you Tuesday for a hamburger or something like that. (laughs)
1: Yeah, I I imagine he has trouble paying for it because I like a lot of the time people aren't paying you well to hunt the Fae. So like he's probably got to make ends meet other ways. So most of the time he's probably out eating in the wild. And when he can finally afford this
0: God burger, he savors every second of it. (laughs) There we go. And then probably can let the players know if they run across them, be like, hey, you know where you can get a really good burger in town? Let me tell you. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That'll help your long rest better. (laughs) There you go. You heard it here. So eating a hamburger makes your long rest improved. And now let's see. Now we want all of our NPCs to be able to offer up cool side quests. So what is going to be a particular quest that Joey Wheeler would be willing to recruit or hire player characters to go and do on his behalf? Again, if you're inspired or you have an idea, you can tell us what that is. If you want to roll the last dice, uh, which would be a D12, uh, you could do that as well.
1: I don't think we need to roll in this case just because he is a fey hunter. So you can use that to start almost. That's a hook for almost any adventure. Hey, insert fairy here is causing insert problem here at insert location here. Mm. Uh, I've been hunting this one for a really long time. I need assistance at this point.
0: Mm. Yeah. And he's an elder, so he can't quite get around as quickly as he once could.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. I feel like it's very malleable. Uh, it almost writes itself. <laughs> and then like, who knows he might whip out some ninth level magic while you're there. just because he gets frustrated or something. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay. All right, so we're going to use uh, Joey Wheeler as a radiant uh, side quest giver as far as like he's just constantly having to fight fairies or other fay creatures in this area. And so if you need a dependable like, hey, we need to go deal with uh, a fay issue. Well, then he's the one to go to uh, to get those kinds of quests. That's exactly right. Okay. And then as far as the reward for the side quest is concerned, is it going to be kind of like As we imagine video games like, oh, the radiant quest. So this is like you get the same reward every time you go to him. Or is it going to be different depending on the actual uh, creature that you're going up against? I
1: think it depends on the city he's currently in. It might be money. It might be a magical item that he's just got laying around that he doesn't have use for anymore. Or like Mm. anything in between. Because he's a sorcerer. He's going to collect odds and ends. Sure. So, true. If the players are like, ah, oh, I don't really like, I don't care for your gold, old man. He's like, well, you know, I got this little bobble here. Maybe you're more interested in that.
0: That's an iron stone. How did you get one of those? I've had it for 30 years. What do you mean? <laughs> yeah, so that totally works. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Easy enough. Easy enough. And I like the variety of it. And I, I thought you were going to pull... Uh, from your earlier question it was like oh he's going to give them an item that like levels up with them as the party you know Ah. gains in levels or whatever i thought you were going to pull that but it was going to be like some sort of annoyance or something that they had to deal with in order for it to actually become pretty cool that triggers
1: too many red flags in my dm brain for me to do something like that Yeah, I, I mean, so like, don't get me wrong. He absolutely would have something like that in his collection. He's like, I can't level this thing. I'll just take it mm. like I know it's got potential. I don't know what to do with it here. What, But like, would he? <sighs> yeah, he's a sorcerer. He would know. He would know that it, this I don't use swords, but this thing I know has an enchantment that'll get stronger as somebody uses it. Take it. mm. OK, so he that absolutely could be something in his collection that he's like waiting for the right adventurer. He feels like he's taking advantage of the adventurer, but the adventurer is like, are you kidding me? You just handed me like unlimited potential here. And he's like, ah, but I didn't have to pay you money.
0: <laughs> that was just my back scratcher. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly, exactly. But then we got to consider the opposite. What's going to be the consequence of failure or refusing the call to the adventure now, understanding radiant quests, you cannot do a radiant quest and it'll still be there for you to do. But is there a difference as far as like refusing him outright if you're like negative to him or anything like that? If you make him too mad, you could probably get erased from reality.
1: Like he's a powerful sorcerer. Let's just <laughs> you make him mad enough. He will cast fireball. <laughs> mm. He is fire resistant. OK, so he'll just get hostile. OK, right, right. But I mean, That's if you're just, like, aggressive to him. He's got Mm. good charisma. He's got the riz. So, Mm. like, he could probably honestly talk the characters down before he gets angry.
0: But as far as, like, failure is concerned, it's just kind of like one of those, like, oh, the fairies got away. Darn. Oh, well, I guess we just have to try again later or something like that. Exactly. Or he's like, ah, we sort of succeeded. They're
1: farther away from the town now. Okay, fine. Whatever. I'm not giving you anything because you didn't actually do the job, but mm, okay. (laughs) Cause dealing with the fake can be hard.
0: Yeah, true. So then if you continue to work with him, uh, then maybe that bond or whatever can be repaired. You can work to get into his good graces and stuff like that.
1: Yeah. Like I don't think he would be that down bad for help all the time, but like certain situations he'll be like, oh, they kind of sucked, but like, I need the body count. All right, come on guys. (laughs) And then you succeed that time. He's like, okay,
0: all right, you guys are okay. (laughs) You whippersnappers are all right. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Okay. I know we had made it through to the end with the regular. Questions of it, and I know you said, Oh, maybe at the end we'll come back to the name. Are you sold on Joey Wheeler as the name, or did you want to roll for something or try another name on for size?
1: So, I actually don't know dragonborn naming conventions,
0: so I think a, lo- a lore accurate
1: dragonborn name would suit him better.
0: Would you like me to like find some sort of dragonborn name yeah, generator yeah.
1: for sure? Yeah, that sounds good.
0: Okay, we will do that. I know there's a website that I like to frequent. Probably a lot of you other people out there like to frequent as well. FantasyNameGenerators.com, so give credit where credit is due. Classic. That's all reliable. Okay, and so we're looking for a male name, you'd say, as opposed to a childhood name? Right, right. (laughs) Okay, so... I know with the idea of like a red eyes, black dragon. So if I'm trying to look at some of these names, I usually give it a couple good clicks to get it nice and randomized. So then I can start looking through this list. I don't know. Is there like a particular letter that's like sticking out in the front of your mind that like his name's got to start with this letter. Cause I can see like a lot of K's D's G's S's F. I think I found one.
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh, you found one yeah because I'm, I'm on the generator as well this
0: this will work i'm gonna
1: text it to you I'll, while i'm texting it to you i'm going to attempt to say it out loud you can also use uh, the chat
0: window feature of our podcast
1: Ooh, fancy wow you're, you're just moving on up kurt this is awesome
0: Oh ah, okay, okay. So, oh okay so i have the name <laughs> now and uh and how how would you say that we pronounce this name tiamladesh
1: Ba- wait, uh is that an R? Oh god.
0: Okay. Bax That it does look like an R, so Baxrax, it looks like Tiarosh Ti
1: Baxeros.
0: Tianoladesh Tiarnoladesh? Tiarnoladesh
1: Baxeros. yes.
0: It reminds me of
1: Tiamat a little bit. That's that's why that one caught my name. Mm. Which is a
0: I mean I guess if idea. you wanted to change the R to an M, we could. You want to change it, the R to an M? Yeah. Or whatever combination you wanted it to be able to say easier. This is too hard. Let's go with Joey Wheeler. (laughs) (laughs) Or if you wanted to pick a different uh, Dragonborn name. Yeah. I was just trying to see see if there was like, uh, how about, I found this one on my list. What do you think about? Okay. Let's see. uh, What about this one? Orgid Drakrax?
1: Orgid Drakrax? I like that. That's pretty good. Because also you got the Dragrax in it, which is reminiscent of Dragon. So
0: that mm-hmm. works.
1: Cuz you know, he is Orgid Dragax. Dragrax or or Orgid Dragrax.
0: Or dr- or ju- ju- uh Drugrax. dragrax. Oh,
1: Dragrax. Dragrax sounds way better. Yeah.
0: Dragrax. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. So Orgid Dragrax is the name yes. of... Orgid Dragrax. It takes a little while to get the tongue to say it without stumbling over it. Yeah. Orgid yeah. Dragrax. Okay. All right. So that's the name of this uh, black dragon born with the red going in. So the red eyes, black dragon thing. Or if you like memes, Joey Wheeler. <laughs> <laughs> that that was him in his younger days. He's he's a more yeah, mature elder dragonborn. That, was his,
1: dragon that now. was his pseudonym when he was an elder. He was like, Yeah, I'm Joey Wheeler. Don't you forget it. And then in his older years, he's like, I'm going by my real name. That's too exhausting. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, we now are settled upon our NPC ordred dragrax, the fairy hunter. Uh, that now I think it's time we head into a random encounter. This random encounter is brought to you by my sponsor, Zencaster. Now, what is there to say about Zencaster that already hasn't been said? Well, I want to just tell you how critically important Zencaster is to me now as a podcast creator. You know, when I started in the early days of the podcast, I was using platforms like uh, Skype, I was using Zoom, some other ones that friends would maybe have me be a guest on, but ultimately it was... Something that I had to work around, like Skype maybe wasn't the best quality. Zoom, after a while, made it so that instead of going for as long as you wanted, they started enforcing the hard 40 minutes, and so I would have to record only for 40 minutes and then tell the guest, oh, I'm sorry, you have to come back into the call in order to get it to work, so it just felt very unprofessional it felt clunky. I do take pride in the humble origins of this podcast, just being put together with duct tape and bubble gum and just goodwill and spirit. But you know, I've taken the time I've invested in myself. And I think, you know, as my good buddy Anson says, good Patreon supporter that It is worth it to invest in the tools that will help you get the job done and help you to see good quality. And that's why I really like Zencaster. It is easy. It's so easy. It's now super easy to record a podcast with Zencaster. I just have to log in with my browser and I start recording a high quality podcast right away. I can record studio quality sound and up to 4K video with my guests. I know I don't record the video for my podcast, but I do show it so at least we can look at each other for those nonverbal cues. You can feel a sense of Zen. Knowing ZenCaster's multi layered backups ensure you always have your recordings and the highest quality, even if the connection is unstable. Absolutely true. Hard sell on this point. Absolutely yes. You can sound your best. Have you ever worried about what you would sound like? Why Zencaster's post-production processes make it so you sound buttery smooth. It automatically removes the ums and ahs in your recording, and it removes those awkward pauses in conversation too. Set the right podcast loudness and levels while reducing background noise with a click of a button. Now, this is something that I haven't quite gotten on with Zencaster because I do like being learned in the ways of audacity and being able to manually manipulate the podcast editing myself I do take a point of pride in that but you know what if Zencaster tools are going to make it that much easier for me and save me time and effort and headache on editing the podcast then I don't know I might have to change the way that I do things and I might have to start editing on the Zencaster platform itself Because it is all-in-one. If you have thought about podcasting before and you realize that you need a lot of different tools and services, those days are over. Those days are done. You don't need to worry about it anymore. With Zencaster's all-in-one podcasting platform, you can create the podcast that you want all-in-one place and distribute to Spotify, Apple, and all other major destinations. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code SIDE. KQ Podcast, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experiences I do for all of my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story. Again, thank you so much to the sponsor, and back to the podcast. All right, so then this segment, of course, you remember is the Random Encounter, where we do the role play vignette scenario with the NPC we've made here today. So with Ordred dragrax the fairy hunter, uh the elder black dragonborn and all. What kind of scene are you interested in portraying him in today? Is it going to be him encountering one of the podcast adventuring characters? Is it going to be, you know, something from his past, are we doing a bit of a flashback, or I don't know, maybe you're going to take us through a kind of a vignette with him in some of the Baldur's Gate 3 action. I don't know. What uh, what kind of scene are you interested in portraying him in today? I want to see him with a podcast character. Okay. Well, since the last time you've been on the show, we have like this whole multiverse growing. Maybe not multiverse, but we have an MCU level heroes gallery coming into play now at this point. So the characters we have to choose from, of course, Duncan, the recklessly brave, happy-go-lucky adventurer for hire. We have Sonya, the warrior woman who started off as a barbarian, multi-classed into a paladin we have korak the lawful evil arcane trickster roguish dwarf we've got chrisley the herbalist botanist wood elf druid who then multi-classed into a cleric who serves living memory we have orion who is the astral elf illusionist wizard and then we've got agape who is the lilac colored tiefling wild magic sorcerer who just multi-classed into a Archfey Warlock Pact. And then if none of those characters sound reasonable today, then we can definitely make up someone else that's brand new and introduce them into the roster. Sorry, that last one, did you say Archfey Warlock Pact? Yes, I did. Yes, Agape has been on a, a bit of a, a streak as of late with uh, being in more of the uh, random encounter segments
1: for sure. If you want to start drama in this random encounter, I bet he could sniff out the
0: fae pact in her. Okay. You, so you would like for <laughs> Ordridge Grax to meet Agape then? Yeah. Where we last left our hero, Agape, she was helping out with a family dispute, uh, a pair of siblings that were working against the wishes of mother. Uh, that particular NPC's name was, which was a gargling Hello? noise. And um, so after that adventure, she was able to peacefully resolve the situation and she got all of her stuff back and she's now getting out and about on the road. And she's like, okay, I'm ready to get back into civilization. I know that Prosperina is waiting in the, in the civilization waiting for me to come back. It's this burgeoning town that has like a growing industrial type steampunky arcane section that's encroaching on nature. And so, her archfey that she works with, of course, is very interested in the growth and progression of this town, and is trying to help steer the town and the society in the right direction. But is having to constantly butt heads against, you know, the mageocracy, if you will, and stuff like that. So she's heading down the road. She's gonna get her way back because even before this, she got magically transported to the realm of the five aspects of fate. So she's had like this whole ordeal of of stuff to uh, to get handled. So if she's traveling on the road, where is she going to most likely encounter Orgid Drograx in this circumstance? He's probably walking the opposite
1: direction as her and would sense fae magic radiating from her just passively. Like they're they're trying to go their opposite ways, but he is not going to he he would, as a fairy hunter uh, detect. Fay magic. Like, it's nothing. He's a seasoned sorcerer, and he would probably try to stop her. He, like, in his head, he's like, no, I need to let it go. I got somewhere to be. Anything but this. And then, you know, he's just gonna have that tingling in the back of his head, and he's like, nope. I gotta stop her. Turn around. Miss? Yeah, Agape will stop and
0: turn around. What? What did? What did you do? What do you... What do you mean, what did I do? I just... And then she starts going into this whole story like she's going like a mile a minute and she's just explaining, I just had to deal with this whole thing. I didn't have my equipment. I had to go deal with these two siblings and the rivalry and she's like unloading all this stuff suddenly on this random passerby who just stopped her.
1: And he's just (sighs) gonna look like bewildered at her like okay, but why do you reek of fey magic?
0: And then she'll stop and she'll be like, oh well, um well, cause I was born with a wild magical influence in my blood and then uh i met prosperina she's my archfey pact you know she's well i guess i'm not very good with the organization yet because i really shouldn't be going around saying who my archfey is and all that stuff but maybe she'll forgive me i've been discombobulated because i was with her and then i got transported to the realm of the fates and i had to do like this whole big trial and combat with them uh but then you'll see she does like Uh, a flourish of like wild sorcerer magic in one hand, but then she does her other hand and then she gets like that archfey warlock pack magic going. And she's like, I used to be so worried about all the chaos in my life. And then I got a little bit of an order and now with the fates and now it's like, I can balance between the two. I can embrace the chaos and wield it, you know, and not let it overwhelm me. But at the same time, you know, I can, you know, I can deal with the, the archfey and all this. So, she feels comfortable in herself now. She's kind of got like the best of both worlds to be able to just be this tool of organized chaos and uh, and of the Feywild and, and stuff like that. Okay. And he's going to hear all of that and just
1: it, like he'll be thinking like, you know, the Fey are tricksters. He's not going to say any of this out loud. He's The Fey are tricksters. I think you are making a mistake by embracing a pact like this he's thinking all of this and just say interesting
0: and then probably try to deceive her would you like company oh um well i mean sure like I, like i said i was just heading back to the city i was gonna go check in with my organization uh and then uh and then yeah and see see what else there is to to do in town yeah to to help out because you know town's growing and got to make sure it's you know not being irresponsible and stuff like that
1: and then uh, he's going to do some draconic magic. He's like, you know, I think we could probably teach each other a thing or two. And, uh, you know, maybe conjure a little fireball in his hand, snap it out. And like, but he'll be deceiving her. He wants to take her patron out. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he's going to try to get as close to her as possible. Help her every step of the way on her journey. He has no ill will with her she seems like a very good person but he needs to get to the bottom of why such a pure person made what is possibly potentially a raw deal with the fey
0: that's his Mm. primary concern oh interesting okay so maybe because of you know like I said yeah she's been through a whole lot she just she got transported to another universe to deal with the fates and then she just had to deal this side adventure with gargle and and her daughters so yeah i think she probably is not in the best mind to just like withhold you know sensitive information uh and she's desperate to just get back to her group and recuperate and stuff like that and so seeing you know the uh, the invitation for company on the road she'll she'll take it She, you know, and she does her best to, like, uh, explain, you know, her situation that, like, you know, I'm not being taken advantage of and stuff like that. It's just like in one ear out the other. That's
1: Mm. he is not taking any of that in.
0: Okay, so then I think the scene finishes playing out as, like, you know, she's trying to present this viewpoint or at least explain uh, how it works for her and stuff like this. And like you were saying, like, he's listening attentively, putting on the appearance and maybe she can't quite pick that up quite yet, but meanwhile, he's got plans and schemings that he's got going on. Exactly. Ooh. And scene. Yeah, I think we're going to call it at that. I think that's too juicy. We'll have to, hopefully next random encounter she shows up in, uh, you know, maybe some plot armor is going to, uh, have to, to have to save the day, but we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we'll, we'll see what the audience demands. Yeah,
1: I hope it doesn't go too badly for her. She definitely sounds like she's been through the ringer a few times
0: yeah for sure so hey
1: maybe if she's good enough she can finally change his mind but Mm. uh, he is a stubborn old man so that remains to be seen
0: yeah so we made it through the random encounters so i know we kind of like you know you had a template of how you were going to build the character and the dice rolls kind of helped us and informed the character and as you said made it really easy for this npc to kind of be very plug and play as far as anyone's game is concerned but you know, did you feel like you got a good opportunity to kind of really explore maybe not all the facets of the character, but at least to get like a good snapshot of who this character is? Uh, honestly, that
1: that scene sold me on what we ended up rolling like I was hesitant at first, but rolled with the punches. Yeah, I love it. I, I think that turned
0: out fantastic. Okay, good. Well, as long as you're having fun, then I'm having fun. So hopefully all the uh, NPCs in our random encounter section make it through unscathed. That's what we hope. But if the story calls for the retirement of a character, as sad as that may make me, you know, if that's what the dice would say, then that's what the dice would say. So (laughs) we'll see what happens next time. So awesome. Yeah. So we've made it here to the, uh, the end of the show. We're in the final thoughts section. So how do you think it's been now years now? Cause you were, you're the start of season two. So oh, now you're here we're premier. here at the tail end of, yeah, yeah. You were the season premiere of season two. That was also in the weird time of like, of moving and uh and a baby and, you know, extenuating circumstances where I was delayed in my output of episodes. And so it's backdated as to when it properly would have gone out, but yeah, you were, a, you were the season two premiere and now we're here ah. at the end of, we're starting to get to the tail end of season four. So awesome. between then and now, you know, how do you think everything's been and you know, your time on the show tonight and all that sort of kind of stuff.
1: I feel like I was more prepared this time than last time.
0: <laughs> now that there's a solid brand behind this idea.
1: Uh, well, I think both of us like you've grown as a podcaster as a whole and I think I've taken storytelling a little more seriously over the last three years, so because mm. my last character was kind of a joke, like uh, played up the comedic parts of him a lot more. But mm-hmm. yeah, I I don't know. I just feel like the baseline for this guy was a lot more solid than what I came up with last time, and I feel like I had Deegan better was Just yeah, I, oh, I remember him. That that was such a fun character to play (laughs) i don't know if he translates well as an npc man i had a lot of fun playing that monk
0: (laughs) yes the wandering monk along the road and then uh, i think actually he met duncan if i remember the random encounter correctly he met duncan because he ate the enchanted honey that he had gotten as a reward from helping out noodle the beekeeper okay yeah, so because I remember his voracious ab- appetite, and so he yeah. was like, "Oh, I have some honey that you can have," and he just like ate the whole Raw. thing, and, and he was <laughs> like, "Oh, okay, I guess you really were hungry." So yes, beautiful, good times. Yeah, that yeah, you have to go back and listen. I know, absolutely. My, Might take a little bit of a break uh, with uploading some stuff to YouTube. But before you know it, you know, season two, season three, and even the beginning parts of season four will now be uh, slowly getting archived up on our YouTube channel. So if you don't like I hope you like listening to podcasts, but if you don't, then you can always listen to it on YouTube, I guess, you know, maybe easier to share it uh, with your friends and family and stuff like that.
1: It's easier for me because I have YouTube premium and I can play YouTube videos with my phone locked that's the way I kill time at work is podcast. So I'll definitely
0: hit up the archive on YouTube. There we go. Yeah. Solid endorsement. There we go. So yeah. So just, you know, any other final thoughts you have as we're starting to, to end the episode, I know I always like to give the, the microphone, the stage, the platform and the soapbox and all that good stuff to the guests. So, you know, where can people find you online? If you want to be found, where can we check out this new VTubing channel with all the, the video games and the Baldur's Gate and whatever else, and if there's any sure, sure. Uh, passions or causes that we need to be made aware of and stuff. So I can be found everywhere. I actually have
1: social media to plug this time because I remember I didn't last time. <laughs> <laughs> so I could be found everywhere at B E A U X P H A D E S. And then sometimes I add the VT for VTuber at the end, but at Beau Fadies, most places. The X is there because I like to add Cajun seasoning to how I spell my name. <laughs> <laughs> but if and if it's not Beau Fadies, it's going to be Beauregard Fades. Uh, that's going to be on YouTube, Twitter, Threads, Twitter now X, whatever. Mm-hmm. That's that's where I'm at, and uh. Don't feel obligated to subscribe to me. I, I'm just doing my own thing playing video games. It's a lot different from tabletop.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Well, Jacob, thank you so much for coming back on. It's good to catch up. And will, maybe we'll see in another two seasons from now, maybe you'll come back on and you'll make uh, another cool, interesting NPC for us. I am down for that, Kurt. Thanks for having me, man. Thank you for listening to this episode of Sidekicks and SideQuests. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast through Apple Podcast, Google Play, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Overcast. Or feel free to save the RSS feed to use the app of your choice. If you don't like using podcast apps and services, I'm proud to announce that I'm in the process of uploading the podcast to our very own dedicated YouTube channel, which you can find by searching for Sidekicks and Sidequests. All future episodes should automatically publish to our YouTube channel. Visit our website. SidekicksandSidequests.com for links, write-ups of the NPCs, and to learn more about the show and the guests who have been on it. To stay up-to-date and interact via social media, you can follow the podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and the corresponding threads Twitter, now rebranded X, and Reddit by searching for SideKQ Podcast. You can now also find a very tiny community on Discord as well. I would love to talk D&D and showcase your fan art, stories of how you used our NPCs, discussions, and commentary. If you'd like to hail the bard, simply send me an email at sidekicksandsidequests at gmail.com. To help this show be the resource it's meant to be, I ask that you please leave a review on iTunes, five stars if you please, to help spread the word and share our podcast with your friends and family. Whether you're a veteran player or an aspiring dungeon master, there's something here for everyone, and I want to hear about it. As mentioned in the NPC creation section of the show, I do in fact have a Patreon for the podcast. If you love this podcast and you want to help support us and take our show to the next level, I would appreciate it if you would go to patreon.com forward slash sidekicks and No matter your lifestyle expenses, we have wonderful rewards at every level of Patreon membership tier. Modest, comfortable, wealthy, and aristocratic accommodations await, and we welcome all patrons to the Levitating Platter. Seriously, your financial support allows for this passion project to continue to invest in itself through the tools that will take our production to the next level, as well as provide more content for our patrons and the community at large. Please consider supporting me on Patreon if you can. Side kicks and is crosses, unofficial fan content. Permitted under the fan content policy, meaning I'm not approved or endorsed by Wizards. Portions of the materials used are property of Wizards of the Coast. Copyright Wizards of the Coast LLC. Thank you for your support, and I'll see you at the pub next time. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four! Zeig holen. Psycho- 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 Psycho-